from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Lakers fans today, rightfully so, are feeling nervous, not just because... They watched their favorite team last night lose in a pivotal game in the playoff series against the Warriors, but also because they watched one of their superstars in Anthony Davis go down in the fourth quarter with what could be, at this point, a concussion. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Quickly want to make sure everybody is aware. Right now, we know nothing with Anthony Davis. We know that he took a blow, an accidental blow to the head last night in the fourth quarter. It wasn't an intentional moment. We know that he was woozy. We know he wobbled a little bit. We know that they took him off the court in a wheelchair. Uh, We know that after the game, there was no mention of whether or not he is currently in concussion protocol. Reports have said that the Lakers are confident. So far, he is not. But also, as Brian Windhorst smartly pointed out this morning, we won't know the full extent of that until today. The, The symptoms sometimes don't show up until the next day. So at this point, we don't know if he's in the concussion protocol. All we know is that all eyes are on Anthony Davis to figure out what we will see from him next. So, Harry, to help us break it down, friend of the show, Vince Carter, ESPN basketball analyst, most importantly, basketball legend, joins us. So, obviously, we've been everybody's been asking you about it so far, Vince, but what was your initial reaction last night when you saw everything going on with Anthony Davis? I mean, it, it was a shot to the head. I, you know, I get it. And then when he goes down, it's like, oh, man, not again. I think every time, and I think everyone can agree with me on this, I think every time we see AD clutch something, go down, and takes a little longer to get up, you're just like, oh, no, not again. And, you know, he got hit in the head. It's kind of like, all right, just clear the cobwebs off, and, you know, he'll be back. And then he didn't come back, and it's just like, all right, well, what's going on? <laughs> you know, just like we saw LeBron, he rolled his ankles like, ah, oh, man, this is the wrong time to see something like that to him. And he, he bounced back, so he's like, okay, you know, false alarm. So it's just, it, it'll be interesting to see later on today when we get the reports on what uh, or how Anthony Davis is feeling and, and will he obviously be available to play. And I don't even want to use the word available to play because just Anthony Davis available to play is not good enough to get it done, to get a win against the Golden State Warriors. We've seen him up and down. and We've seen him when he's engaged, when he's aggressive. They can't stop him. So just having him out there just to play, and Brian Winhurst, like you said earlier, I was on the show with him earlier, and he's like, yeah, you know, this is not an option where they're like, oh, I think I can go, you know, I'll give it my best. It's not one of those things because of what we saw with, um, with Tua in Miami. And you don't want to be that next team to put a player – uh, in a situation like this and, and everything goes wrong or goes left. So, so yep, BC, here we are. E- even if AD does play in game six, from your perspective, what do you, what do you expect from Davis in, in that manner if he plays so, that game? So I'm going to say this, you know, and if he plays, we're going we're to expect the best from him because that's what it's going to take for them to, to win and beat this Golden State team. Because like, like you look at like, Last three games, who he's un, he was unguardable. He was great defensively. He take he takes care of all their mistakes defensively, and then offensively, you put him in the post. Like you know, Draymond is prideful, but he was getting the best of Draymond. He was scoring like he wanted to, 
And then they had to send double teams. Well, when they started sending double teams, Lonnie Walker had a big fourth quarter. Other guys, Austin Reeves started hitting shots, so on and so forth. So if he's going to play, we're going to expect the best. And, 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 you know, it's easy to say, yeah, but he got hit in the head and this, that's the point. Don't play there. Don't play with and deal with it that way. I, I think if he's on the floor, he's going to have to produce. Yes. And now it's easy to say LeBron can give you the vintage thing. So here's, here's my thing to this, H. If LeBron goes out and gives you everything and, 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 and they don't win this game, game seven is going to be tough for the Lakers because we saw, uh, I want to say it's game four when LeBron had the big game in overtime. He was, his usage rate number was super high and didn't have enough and didn't have anything for you in game five. You know what I'm saying? So they have a decision to make, and they're going to have to lean on some of these other guys if there's no Anthony Davis. And if Anthony Davis is there, he's going to have to be the guy. We're talking to Vince Carter, ESPN basketball analyst. So, Vince, uh, you know I'm always going to admit what I don't know and what I can't figure out. So I'm going to ask for you to educate me on something here because – what I've watched through two series is that when you just frantically hurry the pace, whether it was Memphis or whether it's uh, the Warriors, when you just make the game frantic, the Lakers have a hard time dealing with it. Why is that not just the strategy every single game for a team like the Warriors? Well, you talking about as far as creating that yeah. frenzy pace? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, 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 feel, I feel like that's a, that's a dangerous zone to play uh, with the, the Go- uh, Golden State Warriors because they like to play fast. And when they get turnovers, they like to get out and run. And when they get in transition, they're one of the hardest teams to guard in transition. Because LeBron said this, I want to say it was game one. He said he told his guys, when you're getting back in transition, find the closest guy next to you. Don't find your man. Because they, they're great passers. They're willing passers. It's either it's Steph, Clay, Poole, or even Draymond. When Draymond has the ball, that's the scariest because now there's three options. You know, guys are just running around without the ball in transition that you got to find with uh, Draymond's ability to make a layup. They make them all the time, but nevertheless, it's the threat of it. So that's 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 why I say it's a scary thing for the Lakers to play up tempo with them. You want to kind of get Golden State to me, is me in half court where they have to run a play mm-hmm. because when they play freely, they're harder to guard. Yes, Steph runs around; he's hard to guard individually. But now you you, you make them play through. Draymond, if we're going to lose, um, to me, I'm, I'm losing. I'm, I'm okay with Draymond scoring 20, even 25, maybe 30. That means you're keeping the ball out of Steph's hand. That means you're keeping the ball out of Clay's hands, and they're not in a rhythm, my opinion. Vince, I, I got to ask you about Steph Curry because I think, I, me personally, I feel like I'm seeing the best of Steph Curry right now, and that's even mm-hmm. talking about his MVP years because mm-hmm. in the last two games from the three-point line, he's six for 25. Right, but mm-hmm. last night he end up, ends up with 27 points, and then the night before he has 31. But I think he's doing a great job of not settling and getting to the basket, getting to the mid-range game, and not just being satisfied with shooting the three ball. What are some of the things that you're seeing from Steph so, Curry at this age right now, from your standpoint? Hey, that's exactly it. Now, the, I think game four, game four, when he had – this, he got the switch he wanted, Anthony Davis. Yes, great defender, long, but he could beat him. I thought he settled for a step-back three when he could have taken him off the dribble to get in the paint because that's what you want. You saw, game game five, you saw that they, they Anthony Davis is guarding Draymond. They put him in pick and roll, kept him out of the paint. Guys started getting downhill. That's when a- Andrew Wiggins started doing his thing. I think if Steph is aggressive, 
and doesn't settle. Yes, he can, he can get that three-point shot whenever he wants, particularly out of transition or uh, off-movement plays. But if he's getting downhill first and you got to guard that, like, how can you stop this guy? Mm-hmm. Because you're so worried about staying in front of him. Now, you, you then, then the next dynamic is, okay, if he's not going to beat you, boom, you guard it. All right, he backs it up. Here comes the pick and roll. And if your big is late, guess what he's doing? Knocking down a three. I mean, he was only three for, what was he? Uh, three for 11 three last for night. 11. Yeah, yep. three for 11 last night. But I think if he's getting downhill first, then he works his way out, can't stop. So how do the Warriors keep this momentum in the next game in L.A.? Defense. Their defense creates their offense. There again, I think, I think if they're getting stopped, they're get, that means they're getting out and running. And when they're getting out and running, everybody's in play. You get you get Gary Payton going back door. You get Wiggins out of transition, throw ahead, getting dunks. And then while these two guys who are running uh, through, they create open shots because you got to respect those two guys you know, at the basket, particularly if Draymond has the ball. And then once you get back to the rim, and I just said you cannot guard these guys running back to the paint first. But you have to respect Gary Payton's athleticism ability to score. You got to respect Wiggins' ability to score. And then the second layer is what Clay and then Steph, or Clay and Pool, or Pool and Steph. Like you have to respect that. So if they're able to get stops, they are going to be so tough to guard. Uh, and and then they're on the road. We know historically, you know the the defense of the Golden State Warriors has struggled. Yes, they've gotten wins on the road, but this is the time that. Their, their championship pedigree has to cut, prevail, and we need Clay to be game six Clay. I know he hates to hear that. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm me all the time. True. But we need you to be that type of guy all the time, you know what I'm saying, if they, if they want to win. I think the perfect way to end this is to let all our listeners know me growing up and playing basketball, I wore number 15 because of Vince Carter. Yeah. That number 15 jersey is now retired at Jonesboro High School on top of the gym being named after me and my brother. So thank you, Vince, for giving me oh, that oh, hope, oh, baby. Oh, oh, oh. I heard that. Vince, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks for the expertise. Thanks for the brilliance, brother. Enjoy the playoffs. Man, always, man. Enjoy it, guys. That's Vince Carter, ESPN basketball analyst. Man, I could listen to him talk. Like, I could listen to him play or watch him play every day. I could listen to him talk every day. God, man, I just, love me some Vince, man. Like Vince, I love Vince me some DC. I get the little goosebumps, and I just want to run through a wall. I just want to run through, run through a wall every time he talks. All right. He just mentioned Game 6 Clay. Clay may hate hearing that, but the real question is, Game 6 Clay or Vintage LeBron? Who's going to show up in Game 6, and will it decide the series? We'll figure it out next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Curry, right corner three. It's good. Their first triple of the second half, and the Warriors now lead by 14. L.A. still leading the series 3-2 as we head south to Los Angeles for a sixth game on Friday night. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Warriors return home and survive a must-win game five. Now we head back to Los Angeles where they face a must-win once again. Will they survive? Game six of the Lakers and Warriors, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. 
Hush now, child. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Fish just move on up. Vintage LeBron or Game 6 Clay? Who will be the difference for the Lakers and the Warriors? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We should uh, give a shout-out, by the way. Found out that Justin Craig, our boss, it's his birthday today. I don't know. I mean, I, I came into radio today. I didn't see a cake, and I was of an understanding that when it's your birthday around here, you're supposed to bring in a cake. But apparently, he didn't bring us all cake. But still, I mean, Justin's birthday, so you know, I feel like I feel like it's still we can celebrate it, even though he. Didn't JC, bring- happy birthday, my man! Thank you for everything you you've done for me since I've you know started working at uh, ESPN, especially on the radio side. Salute, my brother. All kidding, all kidding aside, both of us have careers in large parts because Justin Craig took a chance on us. So, uh, you know, I've obviously wishing him tremendous uh, birthday wishes. Hopefully there's cake and ice cream in his future because that's the perfect. I don't care when anybody says the perfect birthday is simply cake and ice cream. Don't overcomplicate it. Well, I don't, here's I don't need another your alcohol. Thing, though, I don't need I your mean, steaks. I just need cake and ice cream. Well, well, Justin, just because it's your birthday now, it's not going to stop Fitz and Harry from asking you for things. You know, we love doing that. I mean, maybe we should. Should we have a radio <laughs> outing tonight in honor of, of Justin's birthday? Like maybe maybe a staff outing? Like Yeah, and then charge, charge yes. it back to oh, ESPN Radio? Right, right. Yeah, on, on the company's, on the company's yeah, right. card. It's Justin's birthday, so it seems fit that we honor yeah. Justin. Is he invited? Uh, yes, he's invited, Fitz. I mean, uh, Dev. I mean... <laughs> I, I'm just saying, if he can't yeah. go, I could go we, either could, way. we could still have the party in his name. Right. I, yes, I mean, of course. he could show up oh, at the beginning or point. the end, right? Like, I mean, like, I don't want to make, I don't want to over-occupy his time on his birthday. Like, he probably wants to hang out with his family. We'll go with that as the reason. And like, I, wonder, he, I, wonder, I wonder what he wants for, for his birthday. Cake like, and if ice it's cream. One, if it's one thing he could get, what? like, for his birthday, what, 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 what would he want? Is Harry, I know we have basketball to discuss. Everybody relax. But uh, uh, go ahead, Evan. I think he'd like to get us to get back to sports. No, I knew that was coming. Harry, are you okay. a big birthday like birthday guy? No, I'm not. Yeah, me either. No, I'm not. I'm like, not at all. I'm not a big birthday guy. So you know, I don't know. Like I seriously, when you're on the road, I uh, it was always weird for me when I was out on the road because I had the same day, the birthday as one of the girls that was out on the road with us that was like a, a fan tour manager person, and she was huge into birthdays, and every year I wasn't. So she would get super mad because they like the the <laughs> whole touring group wanted to do something, and they come up to me and be like, "Well, what do you want for your birthday?" My answer was always nothing. Like my answer has always been like, "Don't spend, well, don't spend any money, don't don't make birthdays." big thing and she would get so frustrated because she wanted to have like balloons and a party and all this and she's like i can't ask for that if you do and i'm like uh, sorry yes, you can but, but see mine was always during like the football season so i couldn't really celebrate it the way i wanted to and i share a birthday with my wife our birthday's on the same exact day so i'm taking the douglases out to the club for their birthdays that's what i just heard Woohoo! I, yeah <laughs> The club meaning Costco. Like, we're going to a club, like a Costco, like a, a shopping club, a savings club. That's what we're going to do. Uh, Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, happy birthday to Justin. Uh, the, a lot of questions about what we're going to see in game six, and why not answer those questions with cliches? Are we more likely to get vintage LeBron, or are we more likely to get game six clay? And for me, Harry, this one's pretty easy because we've seen some amazing moments from LeBron throughout the course mm-hmm. of this playoff. It's pretty easy to for me to see that LeBron has that gear left. Clay has not been a dependable part of the Warriors for the last several games. I I don't I can't imagine some massive uptick in his production. I'm 
You're not going to like my answer here, okay? Okay. okay? Because I think we see a, Le- a vintage LeBron James, but I also think we get a game six clay. And both of these can be true. And yep. these teams can fight it out. The thing, the thing that worries me about, uh, like, when it comes to the Lakers side of things is that Steph Curry is 6 for 25 behind the three-point line in the last two games. Klay Thompson hasn't really gotten going outside that one game that he had where he scored, I believe, 30 points. And the Warriors are still right there in the thick of things. So that, that, that should make Laker Nation and the organization a little nervous because we haven't got that – you know, masterful masterpiece that we see shooting from the Golden State Warriors behind the three-point line from their top two players the last two games. I mean, the other part of this is, to your point, if we get vintage LeBron and we get game six clay, we're getting a game seven, right? Like, if if you get that level of production from clay on top of what we know we're going to get from Steph in this game, I, I, there's just no way in my mind we're not headed back to Game 7, which is just the unlikeliest of outcomes until the minute I picked the Lakers to finally win this series. Then you had to know what was going to happen. Like, I'm just going to stop making any predictions in the NBA. But to your point, at some point, if you're the Lakers, if you're Lakers nation, you are worried right now because you realize that you've had some close calls, right? And now Mm -hmm. you realize that you're going to have to win in L.A. or you're going to have to win in Golden State. That's not easy. And all it takes is one game for Clay to get on track and everybody's going to be completely puckered up. I mean, just But but, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing for the Lakers, too, because I remember game five of the NBA Finals when LeBron came back from uh, down 3-1. He had 41 points in that game as well as Kyrie Irving. See, what the Warriors can't let happen is LeBron James have one of those vintage games. And let's just say, hypothetically, Anthony Davis is playing in game six. And then Anthony Davis goes for 29 or 30. Like, in that case, I believe the, the, the Lakers will win that game. But the flip side of that, if it's just LeBron James doing his thing and then we see a game six clay, but also Steph Curry is doing his thing and Andrew Wiggins and all these guys are still doing their part, then we would see a Warriors win. It's so funny to me because we will be obsessed with vintage LeBron or or game six clay. But you just mentioned Andrew Wiggins, who earlier we, we let you listen to a little of Steve Kerr talking about how this was the best game we've seen. I just think so much of basketball is about rhythm. Like, it's about rhythm and momentum. You either have it or you don't. If you were the Warriors, you have not had it several times in this series, but you're still alive in this series. If you are Andrew Wiggins, who's just been knocking the rust off for how long, you just had a hell of a game. I'd be wildly afraid if I'm L.A. that, you know, that that we've sort of unlocked that moment for Wiggins now and he'll have a couple of hot games because that's that's the fear you have with Golden State is that you realize that you've got to beat them when they have no rhythm because once they get rhythm, they feel almost impossible to beat. Well, I, I agree with that. That's what I that's why I didn't agree with, you know, sitting guys in game five, because if you had a chance for the knockout punch, you take it. Now, the Lakers lost the game. But the thing that worries me if I'm, I'm a Lakers fan or anybody within that organization is that we have seen some uh, discombobulation from the Golden State Warriors, and they have still been right in the thick of this thing. Yeah. They're only down 3-2 in this series. If they get it clicking in Game 6, then Game 7 is a toss-up, man. I mean, if they get it clicking in Game 6, like, look, as an ESPN employee, I'm just not going to lie to anybody. The thing I like is when my company makes money. So the thought of a Game 7 between the Warriors and Lakers, like, give me Game 7 with the 76ers in Boston. Give me Game 7 at Madison Square Garden. And then give me Game 7 uh, between Golden State and the Lakers. Like, that is just, oh, wait a minute. Because I know we're about to go to break. 
What's a place that I should take Justin Craig for his birthday? Where's one place you think that I can take him for his birthday, Fitz? I mean, Costa Here in Rica? Atlanta. What's, oh, what's in one Atlanta. place here in oh, Atlanta? Oh, I mean, you could take him out for some lemon pepper wings. Justin, you've got it. Okay. <laughs> Next time you're in Atlanta, I'm, I'm taking you out for some lemon pepper loos. I got you, my man. I mean, that is uh, – what, what about me? Like, what about the rest of the show Well, staff? we're all going to be together. Okay, that's like, perfect. We're going to be together. That's perfect. Uh, Justin – It's a show thing. I think he'd like us to get the break on time so that we get the five minutes. Oh, this, oh my this gosh. Is, if you don't stop. You know what? Devin, <laughs> Devin and I are going to go celebrate Justin's birthday. Evan, you can, you can park in the parking lot. You can't actually come in. Just honk your horn three times so we know you, you appeared. And then, Justin, you can come in for – I'm going to do updated looky scenarios for his birthday. <sighs> Coming up, the NFL is all in on one lovable loser. Will their bet pay off? We'll tell you about it next. We've got NFL schedule talk coming at you. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Thursday on ESPN Radio. Now that the NFL draft is done. Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young. And grades have been given for every team. Who had the best draft, Mel? I thought the Eagles and the Seahawks did. We set our sights on the release of the 2023 NFL schedule. From three Monday Night Football doubleheaders. To the first ever Black Friday game. To your team's schedule. Happy NFL schedule release day. Thursday on ESPN Radio. Tonight, the entire NFL schedule will be revealed. Rejoice! I know everybody's super pumped about it, and the leaks have been coming all day long. So the question is, what do we make of it? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're joined now by Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL analyst, friend of the show, friend. Lewis, appreciate you hanging out with us. The, the big announcement today was that the Lions are going to start the season against Kansas City. That will be the opening night game. I know you said on the show a few weeks ago you think the Lions should win the NFC North. Uh, is, is the NFL betting on the Lions paying off this year, basically? Sorry about that, Jake. <clears throat> Repeat yourself one more time. I... Uh... My headphones went out, but I think I heard what you were saying about, <laughs> yeah, the, about the Lions. Yeah, is the NFL basically making the bet that, that you're right, that they think the Lions are going to be big this year? Oh, oh, absolutely, and and they should. Uh, look at how their season ended last year, finishing 8-2. and two. Look at how Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, had the defense balling at the end of last year and how they had like some young superstars emerge. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a household name. He already was. He's going to be a big-time household name this year. Um, 
Think about how Kirby Joseph, the safety out of Illinois last year, he was the guy who basically waved bye-bye to the Green Bay Packers at the end of the year with the interception at the end of the game. He's, a, he's going to be an absolute stud. You'll hear a lot more about him this year. Offensively, Jared Goff made people think that maybe Sean McVay made a mistake, you know, running him out of L.A. Jameer Gibbs, their first rounder from Alabama, is an absolute, just electrifying Chris, Christian McCaffrey-Alvin Kamara type of hybrid. These guys are for real, man. Dan Campbell has this organization from top down, and I mean from ownership on down to the players, believing that everything that he says is going to happen will happen. They just need to trust in him. And I'm getting that straight from people who have been there and who are there. This team's for real. I said last year when they beat up on Green Bay at the end of the year that they would win the North and that they will be a team that is vying to play in the NFC title game this year. And I still believe that to be the case. We're going to find out real quick whether or not they made some substantial progress week one. Now, Lewis, Aaron Rodgers is going to make his debut on Monday Night Football on September 11th against the Bills. How close is the gap between the Jets and the Bills in that division right now? Well, Harry, I think it's real close simply because Aaron, Aaron brings it, brings the level up, obviously, for New York and puts them right underneath. The Bills, simply because, and the reason why you don't elevate them yet is because he just hasn't played with these guys on the field, and you know how that is. I mean, you know more yeah. than anybody how OTAs and minicamp and training camp can be one thing. Regular season games, when the unscouted looks come and the pressure ratchets up, who knows? Everything can just kind of fall apart. But look, he, he's, he's got some familiar faces around him, starting with Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator. He's got Alan Lazard there. He's got Randall Cobb there. They're going to help out Garrett Wilson. They're going to help out McCole Hardman. They're going to help out Corey Davis and get all these guys thinking the same way Aaron thinks. Backfield is going to be explosive as hell. I mean, if Brees comes back healthy, and with the drafting of Izzy Abanacanda out of, out of Pitt, who is 4'3 at 220 pounds, Donovan Knight showed you how last year, how college creates, you can always find value at running. They're, they're loaded. The question is the offensive line. We'll see how that holds up because it, it wasn't good last year. They really haven't upgraded it much this year other than the drafting of Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin to play center. Defense is loaded. They're going to ball. They're going to do what they need to do. We're just going to see how it all comes together on the field, man. But um, it's been a long time since the East has been this exciting, quite honestly. We're talking to Lewis Riddick, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry. So when you talk about the East and Aaron Rodgers, that automatically makes everybody think about Jordan Love because it's going to be hard for Packers fans not to be watching both thinking what might have been. What's the appropriate level of, let's say, caution or patience that we should have with Jordan Love early in the season? I think it's more patience, Jason, more so than caution. Because I'm a believer in him and I just believe he needs reps. He needs to play. I say, you know, patience also because all of his primary pass catchers are either first or second year guys, I mean, every single one. I mean, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are second year players. Then he's going to have Jaden Reed, the second rounder out of Michigan State, Dontavian Wicks, the fifth rounder out of Virginia. He'll have Luke Musgrave, the, you know, the second rounder out of Oregon State playing tight end. Tucker Kraft, the third rounder this year playing tight end. I mean, these are all young, young green guys. So 
give him some time to get on the same page as these guys because they're all super talented. And if the offensive line can hold up, they can run the football, lean on Aaron Jones, lean on A.J. Dillon, lean on this defense to be better right out of the gate. I think by the midpoint of the season, I'm hoping by the midpoint of the season, like if, if Matt LaFleur is you know, as good as everyone says he is, and we're going to find out now that Aaron's not there, if Matt's as good as he is as a head coach, offensive play caller, quarterback tutor, I think – they will take Jordan Love and and have him become everything that they thought when they traded back into the first round in order to draft him. They loved him at some point. He hasn't played. Everyone says that he's he's done the work. He's saying he's benefited from being around Aaron. I'm optimistic. I'm kind of excited about this team. I kind of like the newness of the Green Bay Packers. I I, I like it. If I was a fan, I'd be embracing it, not worrying about it. Not, you know, saying, oh, man, we're going to suck this year. I'd be like, man, we got all these young dudes. If they hit on half of these guys, we're set up for the next 10 years. So that's where my head's at with them. Man, that's, this is why it's awesome talking to you because there's so much excitement over today. Lewis, always mm-hmm. appreciate your time, man. Even in the off season, bringing the heat. Appreciate you hanging out with <laughs> us, brother. You got it, man. Thanks. Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL analyst. Is your check engine light on? Don't ignore it. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and let their professional parts people scan and diagnose the problem for free. They'll even help you find a repair shop if needed. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. All right, coming up, why someone here already had their Christmas ruined. It's not even June. Thanks, Santa. I'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jason and Harry hot on. So hot. So hot. And what are they cool on? It's in or out. Are you in or out? On Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Concept's a simple one. Producer Evan is going to read us something. And we'll figure out if we're in or out on it. He'll make the statement, we're in, we're out. Evan, are you ready for your shining moment? I'm ready. Did you do any vocal warm-ups before? Me, 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 me. I tried to give Devin the ball here, but he didn't want it, so I'm going to take a shot. Yeah, he was scared. Don't be scared, Dev. Don't be scared. I had to use the bathroom, and I'd be rushing in. Devin ran away as fast as Bubba runs to a meatball sub. All right. Uh, about you had to go do number two, so you couldn't do it. it go ahead, been number F. one. He could have just had to have tinkled. It was a very short break. I mean, he texted me and told me, man. Okay, did did he? That's a lie. Okay. <laughs> buzzer. You get the buzzer. And y'all are some power poopers getting out that quick. All right, Evan. <laughs> Save us from ourselves while yeah, we're still working. Speaking of power pooping, the Lions are opening the season on Thursday Night Football. In or out on them power pooping this season? No, I'm just kidding. Are you guys in or out on the Lions opening the season on Thursday? football so i'm in on this one and let me tell you why uh, a couple of things you need an afc nfc matchup that's great the lions right now are the darlings so harry my thought is this 
If the Lions turn out to Lion and they just suck this year, that game's not going to be more interesting in Week 10. At least in Week 1, we can build up the, oh, this is the resurgence of the Lions. And if we're right, oh, what a great way to start the season. If we're wrong, also, let's just remind everybody that the, the very first game of the season, you can put the worst game in history on and we're all still flocking to it and watching. We're going to spend <laughs> hours talking about it, so I'm in on this matchup. Yeah, I'm in on this as well. Let's not forget when Jared Goff was the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams, those epic matchups that they used to have with the Kansas City Chiefs, with him at the quarterback position along with Patrick Mahomes. I like this for the Lions because this is a team that is surging, that is up and coming. I like how they finished the year. I thought they were going to be able to get into the playoffs last year. I picked them to win the NFC North. So I think this is only right to have them play against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the Super Bowl defending champions. And by the way, I should note that Evan hates it because he doesn't like nice things. Uh, what do you got next for us? <laughs> no, I just thought opening the season with the defending champs and against the defending NFC champs. Like I would have done a Super Bowl rematch, but that's just me. I'm not. I don't okay. work for the NFL. I okay. would have lost money. So, okay. in or out, Harry on the Raiders losing to the Chiefs on Christmas Day. Oh, I'm in on this one million percent. I think Jason Fitz, my co-host, is already going to be in a tight position because the Raiders aren't doing, you know, very well this season. But on Christmas Day, a day that he likes to be the Grinch already, he's going to be a triple Grinch because the Raiders are going to lose. And that's going to force him to partake in a lot of drinking in which I might have to save him the next day. Okay, couple of things here. Last year, you know what I did on Christmas Day? I volunteered at a shelter for homeless people and kids. See, look at this. Like I was, I was basically Santa Claus last year. Now that is that is dope. No, now Santa just put coal in my stocking. Like this isn't going to go well, right? Like I tried to talk myself into it. Remember last year, the Raiders had a one point loss to Kansas City. A couple of years before that, they had a four point loss to Kansas City. I'm just leaving out the other results in between all of that. Like I, this just feels like. All, all, and the, the other part of it is put the game in Vegas at least on Christmas Day so I can go. The game's in Kansas City. It's going to be snowy and cold. My only hope yes. is that the Chiefs have already sewn up whatever their playoff spot's going to be, either the top seed or they can't get the top seed. They rest everybody, and the Raiders somehow get a triumphant fourth win of the season. Like, what the hell am I doing? I, they're, They're going just, down, and we're not talking about in the DMs. You know what? You know what? You've Now you've given me all the, the hope I need. This game might look bad in the moment, but it's going to move me one step closer to, I don't know, Caleb Williams, Drake May next year. God, it's going to be a long summer. I mean, that's a, hey, that's a great way to look at it. Trust me. Thanks that's for bringing that up, again. Evan. Yeah, let's go to the positive. In or out on the Jets starting 1-0 with Aaron Rodgers. They play the Bills Monday Night Football Week 1, ABC, ESPN. So you think the lesser team's going to beat the better team to start 1-0? Because the Bills are still a better team Taking top the home to bottom. Team, baby. Better team, home field. Like We're going from upstate New York to, to suddenly the <laughs> juggernaut of a home field advantage that MetLife will be 24 hours after they have it be Giant Stadium or 24 hours before they have it be. Like, look, they just that, that stadium is just flipped over from team to team. There's no allegiance there. There's no home field. The Bills are going to win. The Bills are going to win by, by double digits in that one. Okay, now it's my turn. <laughs> J-E- T-S-Jets-Jets-Jets. I am with you with this one, Evan. I believe that the New York Jets will start 1-0. And Fitz, you know we have this little rivalry thing going on when it comes to Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. So game one wouldn't be any more perfect than what it is at the moment when we see the Bills face the Jets in Aaron Rodgers. Only Jets fans need a chant that proves they know how to spell the name Jets. Go ahead, Evan. It is hard. (laughs) 
It's t- <laughs> Stay out of my menchies, Jets. I'm just picking pick, picking on Evan there. Yeah, too late. In or out that the bubble has burst on the Miami Heat's magic three point shooting. Oh no, I'm I'm out I'm out on this because whenever you have a guy in Kevin Love who didn't shoot the ball well the other night. But you also have Gabe Vincent, who can get hot, uh, Max Struess. You have Duncan Robinson. You have Kyle Lowry. I'm just not going to count this team out from shooting well uh, from the three-point line. Now, yesterday they didn't, but the last time that they didn't shoot well from the three-point line as a team was in the play-in game versus the Atlanta Hawks. So they've gone through this entire playoffs being able to shoot uh, from a long distance at a, at a very, very high rate or percentage, I should say. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna count them out. Yeah, I got to be out on it too. Like I, last night felt like one of those games where you got one team fighting for their life and another team with a injured superstar, and it just went the way it went. No, I think Miami's gonna be just fine. Miami's gonna be just fine. All right. So last night, Jalen Brown made the NBA All Second Team, so he is eligible for the Supermax this this off season. You guys in or out? The Celtics should offer Jalen Brown the Supermax. I'm in on yeah, this. Yeah, I'm in on this. Like, I'm wildly in on this. Like, why Why wouldn't they? Yeah, is, there, is the question for me. Why wouldn't they offer it to him? Yeah, so I, I'm I, in. And Wendy said this morning on Get Up that, you know, Tatum and Brown are, are both at this point contractually. They're about to be long-term Celtics that will be there together for a long time. I think we— Who tried to tell y'all about Jalen Brown this playoffs? Who tried to tell y'all? I, mean, I don't Who think, I don't think you were getting some great resistance. Not like we were all saying he sucked, but yeah, you're you're right. I, I think you're right. You're, you're a little little tiny and, bit hot. And Wendy, Wendy this morning basically said that they need Jalen Brown to shoot more because Jason Tatum has taken 20-plus more shots than Jalen Brown has. But when you look at Brown in this series, he has the better matchups when it comes to – I guess he just hasn't been aggressive enough. <sighs> I'm just throwing shade. Go ahead, Evan. You're going to supermax that guy? Jeez. In or out <laughs> that the Jalen Brunson and Quentin Grimes playing every minute will haunt the Knicks in game six. In or out on that, Fitz? Uh, as a treadmill Lawrence theory athlete, like I'm known to the world as, like, you know, sometimes your legs don't have it the next day, but I'm also, uh, you know, old enough to be each of their fathers. So I think at their age – they're going to be just fine. I think, you know, they'll whip up one of those, like, what, those little, like, bootleg things that Theragun makes that you put your legs in that, like, does the pressure and go, oh, oh, and their legs will feel fine. I am out on this because Quentin Grimes is 23. Jalen Brown is 26. Now, I'm not going to mention any of the things that I was doing at those ages when I was playing sports, but long I was walks. staying up 24 hours mm-hmm. at times. I had long nights. Lord knows what I was doing. Uh, man, I had a little... Drinking my system, going to practice the next day, wasn't bothered at all. So why in the hell would it bother these young phenom athletes? Yeah, I would tell you what I was doing at 22 and 26, but thanks to drugs and alcohol, I don't, I don't remember. All right, coming up, why <laughs> Anthony Davis's status for Game 6 is out of his and the Lakers' control. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 